On this episode of Freedom is the Cure, we are going to be talking about an issue that is at the heart of many of the problems that we are having in America today. Whatever the societal ailment, freedom is the cure. I'm Paul Dragu, Communications Director for the JBS, and thanks for tuning in. So, public education in America is probably the most important issue that we're hardly discussing. Now, some people, including my guests today, believe it's the issue that transcends all others, the issue that, if righted, could fix a lot of our national problems. The New American recently released a report on education in America. It's called Save Our Children. And it's a follow-up to a special report we did in February 2019 called Rescuing Our Children. Both issues are must-reads for everyone. Public school curricula is a huge reason America is in trouble today. Today we'll be talking to Alex Newman, and he is a senior editor at The New American, among many other things that he does. He has written and spoken on this topic all across the country. He is an expert on it. We also have Wayne Morrow, and he is the JBS vice president who oversees our field staff. And we have our research associate, Peter Rykowski. But first, check this out. Did we break through? We're in. Go. This is Caleb Collier with the John Birch Society. I don't have a lot of time. Recently, we brought you the message of freedom is the cure, only to have it censored immediately. What don't they want you to know? Why are they suppressing truth? To find out who rules over you, simply find out who you are not allowed to criticize. Our freedoms are under attack, but we have identified the enemy. Their arrogance is their weakness. Find the truth at jbs.org or thenewamerican.com. This message has been brought to you by the John Birch Society. Join us and fight for the Republic before it's too... Citizens of the United Nations, pay no attention to this pirated message. Big Brother is watching you. Big Brother loves you. We are now returning you to your regular scheduled program. Uh, so let's dive right in. Um, Alex, in the Save Our Children issue, you have multiple articles and you liken what's happening in public schools to a building on fire and the kids in there. What about what's happening in public schools causes you to use such a devastating analogy. Do you really think the situation is that dire? Well, thank you. It's great to be with you, Paul. And actually, I think it's actually worse than a fire, you know, and, and I say that because a fire will hurt your children physically. Um, you know, maybe their skin will be burned. Maybe their hair will burn off. They might end up in a hospital for a while. Maybe they'll even die. Uh, and that's serious. That's bad enough. But uh, what's happening in the public schools, aside from the physical damage, and there is so much physical damage being done to these children, uh, they're, they're rewiring their brains using quack uh, methodologies, they're convincing them that they should mutilate their, gen their genitals to become a new gender, they're telling little girls they ought to uh, have their breasts removed to become their true selves. Uh, I mean, it's absolutely outrageous uh, physical abuse of children. But then you add into that the academic abuse, the spiritual abuse, the moral abuse, the you know, it, it, just on every level, they're destroying these kids. Uh, in, in San Diego recently, they told the teachers they were spirit murdering black children uh, by being because of their white privilege and so on. Well, no, they are spirit murdering the children, but not because of their white privilege. So it, it's that serious. And I use the analogy because 
Paul, if, if the building was burning, anybody who has children knows that the idea of starting a petition or running for a school board or you know lobbying your elected officials, you'd be an absolute idiot. Nobody would ever do that, right? You would run in and you would grab your children and you would run out the door. And I think that is the urgency, the level of urgency that we need to have right now, uh, because our children are at risk, not just physically, but in every other way. All right. Well, and what are the aspects that you emphasize about this and, and that we we do, too? Uh, we just launched a Save Our Children Action Project, and we'll talk more about that later, is that this also this matters to everyone at the heart of this. This is about not just saving our children, but it's about saving uh, saving America. Right. Yeah, it is. And uh, we will not be able to save America without a miracle if um, if they succeed in brainwashing, they've got something like 75 percent of our children right now are trapped in these wicked indoctrination centers. Um, you know, just do the math, even even if we have legitimate elections where you know, one person, one vote, even if we ever do restore election integrity, if they get 75 percent of the children brainwashed into being uh, anti-God, anti-American, anti-family uh, Marxist flamethrowers. Uh, America's over. It, it's finished. And so even if you don't have children or even if your children are already gone and you're an empty nester, you still have a vested interest in this fight because if the school building burns to the ground with all the children in it, uh, it's very much like the uh, the British troops on the beaches of Dunkirk. Uh, if they had been annihilated by the National Socialists, uh, the war effort would have been over and, and Britain as a nation would have ceased to exist in any meaningful sense. And that's the situation we're facing now. Our future troops, our children are trapped inside this burning building. And if we don't get them out, it's over. Wayne, you want to chime in? Yeah, I mean, um, to Alex's point, the the current situation in our school is goes back to the days of the Frankfurt School, and uh, that's the core. Uh, it's really cultural Marxism, and their theory is it's not just the economic side of it; it's really changing the psychological side of it in Western culture. This is adults as well as in school. If they could change the psychology of our children and moralities, then they destroy our country. And we see that in adults as well as in children. So, you know, the roots of this is going way back to the Frankfurt School. And it's not by, you know, it didn't show up because of the current presidency. It's been going on for a long time. And uh, I think it gets to the point now where it's so blatant with CRT, critical race theory, and social emotional learning that is now it's so obvious destroying our children that people now taking note and parents that I see, some are pretty activated at getting their kids out of school. And uh, Alex, you wrote an article or note about the increase of uh, homeschooling increasing. And I think it was in Epic Times where they had an article of the wars on homeschoolers, right? You and I talked about that the other day. Yep. Well, now that it's, uh, it's a danger to the psychological warfare with the left and they're concerned about that so uh i'm glad to see some parents uh see it as a real harm and they're taking the kids out of school but it goes way back to the frankfurt school and now it manifests it's the problem we have today because it was sneaky it was uh slow and subtle but it it's uh, has been effective because uh, many parents were not on the watch 
the new American has put out two major issues, Alex, which you were a, a part of. Uh, Save Our Children. And before that, I, I believe in February 2019, we did a Rescuing Our Children. And I believe in both issues, we touch on the fathers or the semi, the, some of the starters of public education. And I don't know, I think it might be helpful uh, for some listeners to understand how this all got started, who, who the people were who had these ideas for bu- public education and what they wanted out of public education. Because I think if parents understand that, they're more likely to understand why we are where we are. Did you want to kind of expand a little bit on that, Alex? Sure, happy to. Well, you know, the first guy that we can find in the historical record who seriously proposed government schools was Plato. And I, I know a bunch of unsophisticated, uneducated people who like to think they're smart, like to tout Plato like they know what he said. Uh, but Plato was actually a raging totalitarian. This is a guy who uh, openly said he wanted philosopher kings <laughs> to rule over the rest of us uh, for our own benefit. And he was the first one that we can find that seriously proposed having the government uh, educate children. And, and his reason was simple. The, the, the all-wise, uh, all-knowing philosopher kings will know better how to raise children properly, uh, much more so than parents. Well, that is absolutely insane okay it's absolutely insane and so obviously that idea didn't really catch on for a long time um you know we have two thousand years basically of christian history history in the christian world uh where we did not have something called government schools they really didn't start taking root until about the mid 1800s and if you look you know fast forward a couple thousand years you get to uh, the early 1800s, we find, again, this crazy idea of government education being proposed. And once again, we find it's being proposed by a raging totalitarian, uh, a man who completely rejects the truths that God reveals in the Bible, uh, a man who completely rejects uh, natural law, and who argues that uh, really government ought to take over education from parents and from churches, because that way we can convince children to be good little collectivists, they won't be so attached to private property. And then, you know, he had created this stupid communist commune in Indiana called New Harmony. Um, Obviously, it failed because communism is ridiculous. So uh, that was his goal. Who was this, this, uh, Alex? Yeah, his name was Robert Owen. Owen. Um, Very, very minor figure. Almost nobody knows about him. Um, You know, I think he has an entry in Wikipedia, but he's really not a well-known guy. It's before Karl Marx. And his uh, his silly communist commune was called uh, New Harmony. And he wrote these essays on the formation of the human character and so on, where he blathered on about uh, how the government should run education. And according to his own autobiography, that's, that's the historical record that we have on this, uh, the Prussian ambassador picked up these essays, took them back to the Prussian dictator. The Prussian dictator, according to uh, Mr. Owen himself, was uh, so approved of these documents that he ordered his interior minister to create a government school system and, and tell parents that they needed to hand over their children for statist brainwashing. Um, and that really is is the root of government education in the Western world, really in the world. I mean, you didn't have government education in other places in the world either. Uh, I think totalitarians just hadn't been that bold, right? They, they had never thought like, hey, maybe we'll make the parents give us their children. I mean, that's just crazy. Who would ever go for something that stupid? Um, and yet this guy did, the, the Prussian dictator, built this system, uh, really liked it. And then from Prussia, it came back to the United States by way of Horace Mann. And of course, Horace Mann's uh, wealthy liberal backers from Harvard University, almost all of them anti-Christian. Some of them were Unitarian, uh, almost all of them 
vehemently rejected the Bible. And so Horace Mann implements then this Prussian system in the Commonwealth of Massachusetts. Uh, right away, it's a disaster. Kids can't read. Uh, they're being taught absolute idiocy, like phrenology, like the shape of your skull determines your personality and things like this. And uh, after he was done ruining education in Massachusetts, he sets out on the road and travels across the country like an evangelist preaching the good news of government education. And if you go back and read his writings, you get the sense that he really was sincere. Um, he did reject Christianity. He rejected the Bible. He rejected the uh, the religious views of his parents. Um, he, he actually fundamentally rejected basic Christian doctrines, like the idea that man is inherently corrupt. Uh, he believed that man was inherently good and that we could perfect man by giving him a government education. He had this stupid belief that uh, if the government would educate children, we could get rid of nine-tenths of all the laws in the penal code. We just wouldn't need them anymore because people would be so wonderful if the government shaped them into good citizens. Uh, of course, exactly the opposite happened. Um, so after he, he traveled all across the country, he convinced state legislatures to start toying with this idea of government takeover of education. And then uh, fast forward another 50 years, we get John Dewey. And if you ask, you know, anybody who goes to anybody who's got a four year degree from a college of education at some state run university, they say, oh, yeah, John Dewey, he was wonderful. He loved democracy and he was the founding father of America's public school system. Well, uh, I wish they had gone a little bit beyond the superficial treatment and they would have learned quite a bit about John Dewey. Uh, we know he went to the Soviet Union and he loved it. We know because he wrote articles for an American magazine about how great the Soviet Union was. Uh, he was so pleased. He said that they were instilling a collectivistic mentality in the children. So he kind of seized control of this dumbing down machine that uh, Horace Mann had left in his wake and weaponized it even further. Uh, he went on to try to found a new religion, humanism, which is really just communism uh, warmed over. Actually, if you go back far enough, it's, it's literally the same lie from the pit of hell that uh, the snake gave Adam and Eve in the garden, right? Oh, God just knows. He just doesn't want you to be like God. He knows that if you disobey, then you get to be like your own little God and you can decide for yourself what's right and wrong. This is exactly the same lie that John Dewey started with his humanist religion, him and a couple dozen other uh, humanists. And uh, they all were very bold right at the beginning. They said, this is the way we're going to fundamentally transform society. This is how we're going to make new converts to humanism. Uh, one of the other co-signers of the document, uh, P.F. Potter, I believe his name yeah. was, uh, he explained that uh, the public school was going to become the way they were going to propagate this new religion. And, and he bragged, he's like, what, what, what is a one hour a week Sunday school going to do uh, against five days of humanistic teachings in the public school system? And of course, the answer was nothing. Um, and so that really is the genesis of the public school system. It, it's very simple to find this. It's not hidden. It's, it's part of the historical record. You can get John Dewey's books. And as, as soon as you realize that when he says democracy, he means socialism, everything makes perfect sense. They wanted dumbed down indoctrinated people because that's how uh, John Dewey openly said he wanted America to be a socialist country. Uh, he pointed to a book called Looking Backward by Edward Bellamy that was published in 1888. It was a, a fiction novel about a communist America in the year 2000. He said, that is the model that we want here in America. But if you read his essays, he recognized that he couldn't just come out and tell everybody, hey, we're going to turn your kids all into brainwashed, dumbed down zombies. Uh, he knew that they had to do it uh, very slowly, very gradually, if they didn't want to be tarred and feathered. Peter, is public education or public schools constitutional? Well, no, I mean... Especially when you're referring to the Department of Education, there's absolutely zero uh, basis uh, in the Constitution for that. I mean, the Constitution gives no authority for the federal government to get involved in education. And the Tenth Amendment ensures that that's 
that it's really a state uh, function. And then when the schools, when they're promoting secular humanism, when they're promoting atheism, evolution, also that blatantly violates the First Amendment as well. So, you know, what the schools are doing, they're promoting a religion, and it's clearly not Christianity. So there, there, there's so much unconstitutional conduct in the entire public school system, both federal, state, local. So yeah, I mean, we are, we've gone uh, far away from what the constitution requires on, on this. Wayne, how, how is it that we have such, well, we have the department of education, which you have mentioned even in our last episode, when we were talking about critical race theory, you mentioned a couple of times that, well, it's not constitutional, but not only does it exist, it seems to be its influence continues to, to expand. Like it's just, it's turning into a behemoth. Uh, Do people know that the Department of Education is unconstitutional? Like there's no basis uh, for it? Well, I I think that it's becoming clear that uh, the question, why am I paying all these property tax for a bad product? (laughs) I mean, uh, Alex just gave you an answer where it came from. You know, it's uh, it was destroying our children, wasn't educating children. But I think I think they don't know that. Uh, but I think some people are learning that as they go and defend against critical race theory because they know that's hasn't done anything besides destroy people psychologically as well as educationally. Uh, the answer is I don't think that they're fully aware of that. Um, you know, if you go back uh, back to early conversation that Alex had, is education was really responsibility of the parents. And back, uh, back when, in our early beginnings of our country, I mean, they learned to read and write with the Bible <laughs> and uh, learning good moral values. But that was the responsibility of parents. But constitutionally, you look at it in the Constitution and uh, the, the, uh, under Article 1, Section 8, it gives the government, Congress, no ability to form any, constant, uh, any educa- Department of Education at all. That's not their responsibility. It's really... I would say maybe the states, but certainly the parents. But the answer is, I think more people are learning that, Paul, uh, but not fast enough. Alex, you emphasize to get the kids out. And uh, there's not a lot of, of gray area. You know, we, you and I have talked, discussed this. You know, you say get them out. So there's no other options, right? Is there any reforming public uh, schools? And, and if not, what, what can parents do? Is that really the only option to get them out? And then what are the options under that? Yeah, I, I think it's self-evident. I, I mean, if I, if I asked a cancer patient, uh, hey, so, so what do you think we ought to do to reform your cancer? Uh, maybe we can make it better. Maybe we should lobby and maybe we'll change the shape of the cancer a little bit. Uh, you'd look at me like I had three heads or like I, I was brain dead. Of course, you don't reform a cancer. Right? You want to get rid of the cancer as quickly as possible before it spreads and kills you. Uh, and, and that's exactly the situation that we're dealing with here. Um, the public school system is a cancer and it is eventually going to kill our nation if we're not careful. So no, you can't reform it. Uh, yes, it is true 
that the government's indoctrination system was less evil in 1980 than it is today. And it's also true that it was less evil in 1950 than it was in 1980. And in fact, if you go back to 1920, it was less evil still. And if you go back to the earliest uh, in the 1900s, you'll find that, hey, there was still a lot of Christianity there. They still read the Bible. They still said their prayers. They still, uh, you know, saluted the flag. They still did things that, that normal people, normal Christians would consider to be part of education. But that was a means to an end. So, uh, you know, yes, I guess if, if you had to choose between the current system and the one in the 1950s, the one in the 1950s would be better. But the one in the 1950s was only as decent as it was because they knew they couldn't go from where we were to where they wanted to be without intermediate steps, right? So the, the solution has got to be to end the public school system. And now when it comes to individual parents and families, um, you know, I, I compare it to, to playing Russian roulette. Uh, the, the only difference is instead of having one round in the chamber, you've got five rounds in five of the chambers and you've got one empty one and you're going to say, hey, parents, here, uh, have, have your kids uh, point this at their head and pull the trigger and let's see what happens. Right. No, you, you'd be totally, totally crazy to accept something like that. And, and the data shows that we're really playing Russian roulette here with our children. I mean, unless you want your children to hate God, to hate their parents, to take drugs, to hate their country, to become radical leftists who want to burn down this nation you would be crazy to leave them in a public school system because it is almost guaranteed that that's what's going to happen. They've been studying the techniques. They've been studying uh, this, the behavioral psychology. They've been perfecting this madness for over 100 years now. They are so much smarter than we are. They are so much better at this than we can even begin to imagine. Now they've got the data and the computer systems and the algorithms and the artificial intelligence. And parents have this naive idea that, well, I'm just going to talk to my kids at dinner and I'm going to tell them that everything that they learned today at school was wrong. Well, what are you sending them to school in the first place for then, right? It's simply crazy. So parents, um, find an alternative. I, in my opinion, homeschooling is the gold standard. If you can homeschool, do it. And, and I, I really should rephrase that because it's really not an if you can homeschool. Um, almost everybody can homeschool. And I mean that absolutely seriously. We've all been brainwashed to believe that you need some stupid credential and a fancy education from a four-year college. In fact, that is a giant handicap. You are infinitely better off educating your children if you haven't been through the government's brainwashing machine uh, called colleges of education. Um, and, and I tell people half joking that like you, could, you could probably leave your kid in a closet for 12 years and they'd be better off. And and, and it's only half joking because the, the, the closet is not designed to destroy your children, right? Whereas the public school was specifically engineered for the purpose of taking a child who loves his parents, who loves God. Um, and, you know, all, all kids everywhere understand these basics. Uh, they, they've done surveys. They, they look at kids from all over the world. Doesn't matter who your parents are, where you came from. All kids have an understanding that they were created by an all-powerful, loving being. Uh, uh, they don't know scripture for you, but they all know that. So the school has to beat that out of them. If you want to protect your children from that, homeschooling is the gold standard. If you read your Bible, I think uh, homeschooling is really the model that God intended. And that's not to say that parents can't delegate. You know, I send my kid to piano lessons and you know, I, I don't really know how to teach uh, aviation. So, you know, I send them to co-op for that. So I, I do think there is a, a time and a place for parents to delegate some of their responsibilities. But that responsibility really belongs to the parents. It never should have been handed over to Caesar. If you can't homeschool, 
you know, and, and I know a couple of people, I know one guy, he's a wonderful man. Uh, there's a court order forbidding him from homeschooling because him and his wife had a nasty divorce and the wife didn't want home. So, you know, there's that one in a million who can't homeschool. Uh, and I say to them, look, what you need to do then is find yourself a vetted high quality private Christian school. Make sure they're not woke. Make sure they're not using government school textbooks. Make sure they're teaching, reading, using phonics. But uh, as far as I'm concerned, leaving children in a government school is just asking for them to be destroyed. So you got to get them out. You um, conducted an interview with a former superintendent of Arizona, and um, she, too, says the same thing. She, she went through the system. Uh, I believe the article says she was pretty much in every uh, you know, place in that system, and she came away with the conclusion that there's no reforming. Talk about your interview with that. What, what are some of the highlights uh, from with your interview with Diane Douglas? Yeah, Diane Douglas has, has become a friend, a wonderful lady. She was the most recent superintendent of public instruction in the state of Arizona. And um, great, great lady. I actually met her uh, for the first time going through uh, Arizona on my 2019 speaking tour, the Rescuing Our Children speaking tour. I spoke in Arizona to a couple hundred people and uh, she was in attendance and uh, she came up to me after. She's like, you know what, Alex, I've tried everything to reform this system. I spent you know, four years at the pinnacle of power when it comes to education in the state of Arizona. Before that, I was on the school board. I was the chairman of my school board. You can't do it. You just can't do it. And so uh, right away, I knew we were... Uh, comrades to borrow a term from the commies uh i I knew we were uh siblings in arms here in the fight to save our children both of us had recognized that trying to reform the system was futile she had proven it right you can't get any higher than the state superintendent of public instruction in a state you literally cannot get higher than that and still she was powerless to reform this system um even if you would cut off half the tentacles right let's get rid of the teachers union let's shut down the u.s department of education the whole system is rotten to the core because it came from a poison seed. So um, Diane Douglas um, wanted to join forces with us. Uh, Dr. Duke Pesta and I actually uh, have her on uh, the board of an organization. We started Public School Exit. Our whole entire mission is to get the kids out of the public schools. And so we interviewed her for this uh, Saving Our Children special issue precisely because you constantly hear this argument from people who don't want to make the sacrifice and take their children out. They say, well, you know, maybe I can just go to school board and make sure that they know I'm watching them, right? Uh, Well, look, guys, if the highest education official in the state of Arizona is telling you that it's futile, just go bang your head against a brick wall if you want to feel good about yourself because you're not going to change the system. It's rotten to the core. For 60 years, conservatives have been throwing millions and millions of dollars and millions and millions of activism hours trying to reform this. And all it's done is buy time for the criminals to continue dumbing down and spirit murdering our babies. Uh, it's got to stop. So so we got pull them out. We got put them, you know, either homeschooling or a vetted private school, which is very important. The emphasis on vetted is very important. And, and you guys write about that. Peter, what else um, can can uh, concerned people do uh, when it comes to is this an issue that everyone should be uh, concerned about? Yeah, I mean, everyone should be concerned about it. I mean, everyone is paying taxes at the public school system. So even if you're not a parent, it's something that you can and should be uh, concerned about. And what everyone should be doing, even if they don't have kids, they should be telling their public officials, abolish the public school system, stop throwing money at it. I mean, the public schools get, you know, millions and billions of dollars. I checked the numbers and in the, in the U.S., the average amount of money spent per student is almost $15,000. 
And in the some year? states like New York, it's like over, it's like almost uh, 25,000 per student. I mean, that's massive money. So just stop funding it. Take the funding away. That sounds like uh, enough to pay for private school in some cases. Yeah. I mean, imagine all the money that the parents will be able to save. So, I mean, if, you know, the system can't be, can't be reformed. So stop, stop throwing money at it. Take the money away, def defund it. Uh, it, it just, I mean, it would solve the whole issue and it would give parents even more opportunities for better education choices. What, what does that look that, like? What does that look like, again? Peter? What does that look like? Do, do they need to get a hold of their legislators or how do you, how do you, how do people put pressure to stop funding public schools? Yeah. I mean, call, call your legislator, email them. Uh, an easy way to do it is going on jbs.org under the act now tab and access our legislative alert on it. Uh, we have an, a legislative alert specifically for defunding the public schools for all 50 states. It gives an easy way to contact them, an easy way to get a hold of them. Uh, you just have to click just a few buttons and you're able to, uh, uh, to message them. Uh, so it's very simple. So everyone should, should be calling and emailing uh, their legislators and uh, not only to defund the public schools, but also abolish the Department of Education. I mean, the, uh, the DOE, it spends, I think about over $70 billion a year on education, not to mention all the various uh, programs like Common Core, uh, you know, every, every Student Succeeds Act, which are, you know, indoctrinating students with left-wing ideology and dumbing them down simultaneously. So defund the public schools and abolish the Department of Education. Wayne, do you have anything to add to that? Well, yeah, I, I have recently, uh, we had a uh, school board meeting here where I live and parents, uh, there was so many, they were waiting 200 were outside. And um, I know this is in the article in our magazine, but critical race theory, I think, has really been a trigger for parents. And I know, Alex, that you wrote about this, but, you know, when parents are faced with their kids coming home embarrassed because they're white and they, they get suicidal, they have psychological damage, it kind of was like throwing a bucket of water on people. And they say, what is, what is being taught? Uh, there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, God does not respect our persons, right? And But the, the Frankfurt School, uh, as I use them, and the masters of the conspiracy use racism to divide and conquer people. And that has really wakened people up. But I heard the excuse in the four, and Alex didn't mention this yet, but I will. People stay in public schools because, hey, they got a great sports program. My son's a football star. I play baseball. He's in the hockey team. You know, what's going to happen with all that, you know? And they're finding out that, boy, that all sounds good. But your kids coming down, they can't read and write. And they come home embarrassed because they grew up as a white kid. And I'm telling you, what I, this is what I see as I travel about, even here locally. It really activated parents more than, than I think the local uh, school board envisioned. Uh, is that, look, you can't teach us anymore. This is really, this is enough. And uh, Mr. Welch, our founder, says when the conspirators think they're winning, they're going to expose their complete hand in the open. And for me, this is an opportunity. And so I've been spending time looking at and spending more time talking about critical race theory, where it came from, 
and the effect because it's really awakened a lot of parents. This is morally wrong, and they know what's coming from. And you're right, Alex, exposes them. They're not getting an education at all. This is just not only dumbing the kids down, it's making them crazy and psychological nutbags. I've seen them, you know, they don't know who they are, what they're a girl, boy. I mean, it's got nothing to do with it. And I think they said, what are you teaching our kids? So we see a growth of homeschool, but also good private Christian schools because people work, they got to put their kids in someplace. So we're seeing a growth of some of that, that phase. But I, one of the things that I see I'm encouraged is that critical race theory has really gotten people is attention. I don't know about uh, you, Paul, or Peter, or Alex, but this is what I see. It's really turned it up a notch, but it's like, oh, time out. This is enough. Well, what, what I see from reports is that, um, I mean, critical race theory seems it has brought to attention to parents of some of the wacky stuff they're teaching, but I'm seeing that lots of parents are still like, I think you said, like they're beating their heads, you know, they're going to school board meetings, and it seems to me to indicate that they think this can be fixed. Can we just tell people it's like, there's no point. Why are you wasting your time? Is it fair to say that, you know, Alex is, as an expert on this, there's no point in wasting your time going to school. Yeah. Board, well, you- yeah, but, but I, I was at a meeting a couple of weeks ago. I actually said that, but here's the thing is you got to get to that point for them to acknowledge it can't be fixed because they said, you know, this is unfixable. I mean, they're going to give it a different name because social emotional learning, same yeah. idea. And so, yeah, we can get rid of this problem, but it's the inherent root problem. And you, you, you know, that you can give it any name you want. It's not going to get fixed. But to to get to this point, it wakens a lot of people up. This is in critical time. I think Alex, you said that, you know, they're finding, hey, you're really destroying my children. You know? And when they came from the COVID-19 program, the pandemic, they really had a chance to listen to what their kids are being taught. And I think that was a whole awakening for them. Like, you're reading what? You don't know how to add what? I mean, I talked to you like, what? You can't read a book because they're so busy working. They never stopped for five minutes to learn what the kids were learning. And that's what I'm hearing from parents. Like, they don't know anything. Well, no kidding. I mean, that's what I see. And it's a good thing. It really is a good thing. So it's an opportunity for us to really now put in the rest of the pieces. Hey, this has been going on for a long time. Here's the plan. And here's the opportunity to move them out of there to some other place. We're running out of time, so but let's talk about one of our plans on our action project at the JBS um, is to get faith leaders really, really involved in this. Alex, you talked a lot about how this demeans the nature, the godly nature of humans. Tell tell us about this plan, this part of our action project where we want to, where people, you know, you went to a conference with uh, faith leaders or Christian leaders. Can you, can you talk about the idea of getting uh, faith leaders involved in this? Well, frankly, I think there are several things going on here. For one, if they want their own institutions to survive, they're going to have to take this seriously. Um, we quoted in, in one of the articles, uh, Dan Smithwick of the Nehemiah Institute. I serve on his advisory board, phenomenal organization. They've been studying the worldview of children for decades now. And what is that more than nine out of 10 of the Christian children from Christian homes coming out of the government's brainwash camps after 12 years of this indoctrination have a secular or even a Marxist worldview. They no longer see the world through a Christian lens. They see it through a Marxist lens, through a materialist lens. So pastors, if you want your church to last into the future, you have to get involved. And and I hope that isn't your motivation. But if you're one of those, if you're one of the hirelings (laughs) rather than the the true shepherds, uh, be aware that your own institution 
institutions are going to be collapsing as a result of this. Uh, you're 100 years too late already. You should have pointed out right in the beginning. Hey, what do you mean God, uh, Caesar is going to be taking care of the education of our children? Show me what chapter and verse it says that Caesar should be doing the educating of my children. And of course, there is no chapter and verse because parents are put in charge of that. So we need to get uh, pastors all across America to do what they should have done 100 years ago. Um, you know, we did have a, a really big watershed moment in the early 1970s after the Supreme Court basically established the religion of humanism in our schools. They banned prayer. They banned the Bible. A lot of Protestant and evangelical churches finally said, whoa, wait a minute here. Uh, to their credit, the Catholics were actually on this uh, long before, and uh, and they deserve, I think, a lot of credit for that. They saw the need to have uh, Catholic schools long before the Protestants did, but it's never too late to do the right thing. So one of the big reasons why parents are so ignorant, one of the big reasons why parents continue to send their children to these brainwash camps is because they don't know what's going on, and they don't know what's going on because their pastors aren't telling them. So pastors, you got to pull your heads out of the sand. You've got to get involved in this fight. Uh, it is is your duty. And, you know, the pastors have all the, you know, the, they're like trained parrots. They've got all the responses and forgive me for sounding rude, but well, the kids need to be salt and light. Imagine how much darker the public schools would be without uh, Christian children there. Guys, unless you're ready to send your eight-year-old kid to Afghanistan with an M16, I don't want to hear about sending children into a spiritual battle untrained and unprepared. It's simply ludicrous. You got to get the kids out, and so we hope pastors will get involved in this fight, will warn their congregation, and then we'll do the right thing and provide lifeboats. We got to get these kids off the Titanic before it goes down and all of our kids go down with it. Build a homeschool co-op, build a Christian school, build whatever you have with Freedom Project Academy. Partner with us and we'll set up a Christian school in your church. But you've got to do something you can't keep watching as the baby sheep in your congregation are devoured by the wolves and you stand by and say, oh, I don't want to offend a public school teacher. Enough is enough, guys. Wow. We know where you stand, Alex. <laughs> yes. <laughs> all right. All right. So we'll wind down here. Uh, Peter, Wayne, any last words? Well, Alex is completely right. I mean, she go without saying. I mean, I was in both the public school system and homeschooled, and I, I mean, the difference was just plain to see. I mean, the public school system was blatantly uh, indoctrinating, you know, all the students with uh, Marxist ideology. And I, when I say that, that's not, that's, not, that's not hyperbole. That's literally what was going on. I mean, I could give, you know, many examples. I mean, there's not enough time, but yeah, I mean, it's very important that we that every parent gets their kids out of the public school system immediately. Right. Well, I could say for, I have uh, a, adult children who actually went through Christian school. And uh, so I have the end product and, and I, you know, I, I see that it was it was a sacrifice uh, financially. Uh, I was on the school board of our school and I saw their end results. So now they're they have little children, little babies but there are future moms and dads I was raising and you could see the result of it. And, you know, it's not theoretical for me, it's real. And they have friends who went to the public school system. They're not friends anymore because their worldview is so different. And they said, dad has gotten so bad. Uh, yeah, no kidding. <laughs> and, but they see it clearly. And uh, so I, I was saying is that it's worth the, it's worth the investment to spend with your children, either a good school that you have control over what's being taught or a homeschool program, because it is the future generations in your family. So it's worth the effort and time. That's what I can say. And I agree with what Peter had to say, certainly Alex, historically, 
yes, it's we're in critical mode and it's time to wake up. And that's what I say. So you can't pretend it doesn't exist, folks. It's for real. Before we go, we're going to go back to Peter, who's going to tell us about a few legislative alerts. Yeah, well, our newest one and also one of our most important ones is related to the new Save Our Children Action Project, and that's to defund the public schools uh, because the public schools, they received massive amounts of government funding and more money is spent per student in the, in the U.S. than almost every other country in the world. So, and all that money goes towards indoctrinating students with uh, Marxist ideology, uh, with dumbing them, dumbing them down via Common Core, uh, and you know so many other forms of indoctrination dumbing down. So it's very important that we contact our state legislators and our governors and tell them to stop throwing money at at the public schools that indoctrinate kids to defund them. So this is one of our most important action projects and one of our newest. And yeah, it's very important that the money doesn't go to the public schools. It should stay in the hands of parents so that they can use it to give their kids better educational options. And we have several other uh, legislative alerts. Uh, one of the most relevant ones right now is to get us out of the UN, the United Nations. Uh, this is particularly uh, important around the Independence Day time of year uh, because the UN it threatens our independence. Uh, we've, you know, by being part of the, of the UN, we're in a situation where foreign bureaucrats who don't share our constitutional values, who don't share uh, the love of freedom that the founding fathers have had, they are able to interfere in our domestic policies. And many of those people are globalists. Uh, they're, they're even outright Marxists and communists. Even the Chinese Communist Party, they're putting their people uh, in important positions in the UN. So it's very important that we uh, get out of the UN, and that our congressmen that they introduce that the, uh, the American Sovereignty Restoration Act. In order to do that, it's it's been it's been introduced in most previous congresses, but so far this year, uh, nobody has reintroduced it. So it's very important that we contact them and tell them to reintroduce the American Sovereignty Restoration Act. Then the last alert that I'll talk about today is. Uh, our alert against the so-called infrastructure bill that the Democrats and Republicans and Joe Biden are negotiating over. I mean, the Senate, they've already reached a uh, so-called compromise proposal that'll increase federal spending by $600 billion. And, but in the meantime, the Democrats wanna pass their own partisan bill, which could be up to $6 trillion. And this is an in infrastructure, this is essentially codifying the Paris Climate Agreement and the Great Reset into American law. So, and, and Joe Biden, Chuck Schumer, and Nancy Pelosi, they've all admitted that this is really about climate change and not infrastructure. So it's very important that we contact our congressmen and tell them don't pass these bills, not even a so-called compromise bill, because that'll still shift our country in the, in the direction of socialism and tyranny. And we have so many other legislative alerts. If you want to uh, see them, to see you know, what important issues are going on in the states and in the federal government, go to jbs.org under the tab Act Now, and you can see our state and federal legislative alerts.
Peter, thank you so much. And uh, you heard there, folks, jbs.org. Go to Act Now and get involved.